Hey guys, this is Keith with the One Recovery Radio Network with the Big Things by Nine podcast. Today is Friday, August 27th, 2021. Hope everybody's doing well. We're doing well here. Got a great show for you tonight. Rachel from uh, BAM uh, will be joining us and um, looking looking forward to a great conversation with her. So um, that being said, we'll be back soon with uh, Rachel. Hey guys, here to talk to you today about Lavender Alliance Bath and Body. Um, if you're looking for a present for your girlfriend, your mom, whatever, she's got it all, bath bombs, uh, you name it. Um, you can reach Cindy uh, on her website, which I put in the description, it's a long one. And you can also uh, see Lavender Alliance Bath and Body on Facebook and Instagram. Check them out guys, thanks. Hey, okay, I'm gonna keep tapping my phone, I guess, every 30 seconds. <laughs> I'm so I'm so sorry. Like I'm just being lazy. I could go on my computer and I just don't want to. I'm I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It is Friday yeah. night. Well, and two of my kids, like my friend has their friend sleeping over and one of them uh, to sleep on the couch. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, oh dude, I don't want to wake him up. Yeah. It's all right. I hear you. Well, we're happy to have you on here. It's been a while. Yeah, no, I'm stoked. Andrew's still at the store, so he's be back here in a few minutes. But um, yeah. so your foundation, Bam, is incredible, by the way. Thank you. Um, how long have you guys been going for? Um, so we started Bam. We were other organizations previously. YPR, um, right? Huh? Was it was YPR one of them? Yep, we started YPR, and that was gosh, like 2018. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of doing the same thing now since I would say October of 2018. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think it was November 9th, we finally came up with the name for BAM. And everybody was like, it was actually pretty funny. They're like, dude, tell us about it. Yeah. Pick a name. <laughs> this is the group chat. Just pick a freaking name and let's go. Just do it now. And I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> it was like, they were, I was driving everybody nuts. When was it? How long ago was it when you started it? That was back, we back in started November. I believe it's November 9th of 2020. No, 2019. Um, and do me a favor. Tell everybody in the audience, um, like your credentials, like uh, your Facebook stuff, Twitter, and how they can, you know, be a part of it. Yes, anybody who wants to. So we have a website. It's beyondaddictionmosaic.org. You can, we don't have Twitter. We're on Instagram is beyondaddictionmosaic. And we are on Facebook. We have a business page, Beyond Addiction Mosaic, and a public group, which is BAM. And it's Mosaic. So you have to put the BAM in there first, and then you can get into <laughs> our group setting. That's so awesome. Yeah, that's... Yeah. How many members? I mean, you're, you've got to be up there with people like that are on board. Probably what thousand, two thousand. Uh, we're about at three thousand. I think we're like maybe forty shy of three thousand. God, you think about it, and like, are that many people in recovery? But I mean, that's that's awesome. You know? Yeah, yeah we haven't many... even touched the iceberg. Like, we have <laughs> such a small, small amount of people compared to what's out there. Out there, yep. but it's awesome. I mean, it's great. It's perfect. And I think like Salt Lake, there's a lot of opportunity when it comes to that kind of stuff. We we do it a lot differently. Um, I know I'm back back home. I'm from New Orleans, 
and um and this kind of stuff just it wouldn't work there you know and and utah they have the programs here like drug court they have veterans court for our vets which is incredible um so it's just it's it's different here you know it's it's really neat to see things that are getting done you know like like you with bam and you know our podcast we put a lot of effort into it and it's just it's just different from the way it's done at other places yeah well you know a lot of people are now flying into utah and coming to treatment from all over the country because salt lake st george utah county Mm -hmm. we have really really good recovery here and like yeah. you said, like their their recovery here is different, you know. Like we have the same clouded population of people, and the amount of people mm-hmm. that are really sick, and even in Price, they have really great, you know, Carbon County, yeah, all over. I mean, and then we have our really rural towns that don't have great recovery, but they have access to recovery groups that are here that are good. Like we're, I think Utah has a nine hundred and fifty treatment yeah. centers which is like detox wow. i know it's out of control so we're we're definitely like we're fully loaded but it makes it, it makes sense though you know because you see all these programs like in malibu that you know they're charging like yeah, 40 50 grand for a month or whatever yeah um and it's like who wants to pay that when you can come get good you know good treatment here in utah yeah. you know because i mean the treatment i got at valley epic like I couldn't have gotten there anywhere else, you know, outside yeah. of Utah. And and it, uh, my mom was talking about it. She was in town a couple weeks ago and we were having dinner and she just was telling me, she's like, you're so lucky, you know, like, cause oh, I'm drug court. And she's like, you're so lucky with drug court and like all your programs out here. She's like anywhere else, Keith, she's like, it, it's just once someone's in the system, they're in and out, in and out, in and out, you know, yeah. which, which we kind of have here too. You yeah, know, well, but that's it, just the that's addiction. Yeah, and and eventually they they find themselves. I mean, that's what happened with me. Yeah, you know, but yeah, well, and you're lucky that you did find yourself. But yeah, there's very there's lucky. a lot of people dying. You know, last year ninety three thousand people died. Well, yeah, I lost a couple of my good friends last year. I um, yeah. and it's just twenty one twenty was bad, but twenty one's you know not as bad, but it's still bad. Yeah, no, it's been bad for me. I mean. It's here's what's really sad about recovery and kind of about just getting connected and um, getting to know a lot of people. And let's say the work that we do, the more people, you know, the more people, you know, who passed away when it happens. And so, so true. Well, yeah. Like just in the last, I don't know, gosh, two months, I know Mm -hmm. seven people who overdosed. Two of them were people that were at my facility that I work at and mm-hmm. I mean it's and they're fresh out of rehab and trying that's to when it happens them. that's it's, when it happens yeah it's, it's it, sad it, is, is everybody using fentanyl now or they're still on the heroin do you know well there are a lot of them are on on hair on heroin but the fentanyl's in stuff but yeah you know, it's dangerous now people have been really people like fentanyl if if you yeah. are well versed and you're a seasoned addict and i hate to say season but if you've been around a long time <laughs> you know you almost every heroin addict i know says i love fentanyl because the rush know? well and they want those pressed roxies they're like dude i want the pressed ones dude they're cheaper give them to me they just want to know so they know how to how to do it and it's sad because that's why people are dying all, all, all over and so what's nasty. scary about fentanyl is you can use Narcan on fentanyl. However, uh-huh. um, you might need 6, 8, 12, 15 doses of Narcan. Really? Just heroin 
is too. And I know this for a fact because I know a young kid, he's 21 and he tried fentanyl the first time, overdosed, took 12 shots of Narcan to bring him back. And wow. then he did it again two days later because he liked it. And it took 11 shots to get him back. I mean, he, they were really lucky that the they called the ambulance because if um, if he wouldn't have been in an ambulance, they the person with the Narcan would have only had two doses, which is the standard dose somebody yeah. keeps on hand. And where, um, staying on the subject with Narcan, where is it that people can go to get Narcan? Because, I mean, it's always good to have handy. And, you know, especially if you're an addict, they're probably going to have, well, now you got about 10. But um, where can people get that from? There's a lot of places. It depends on the state that you live in. Uh-huh. I have to, I'll have to, gosh, I'm not, I wish I could go. I don't want to click off this thing to get the, get the site but there's a website i can look i can look it up okay it's um it's in my messenger i'd have to look it's like next something i i'm gonna have to maybe if there's comments somewhere plug it into that because i can't remember off the top of my head um Mm -hmm. i'm having a brain fart but use that and get it you can send an email and they'll find out wherever it is if it's somewhere in, in your city or state that has it and they'll mail you like four packages of four kits uh-huh. otherwise um it just depends on i mean anybody can reach out to their local health department send uh-huh. an email see if they have it a lot of states i'd say probably 60 percent of the states in the united states right now are uh-huh. giving people narcan but it's hard there's a yeah. lot of people unfortunately and i read it off a post we posted the other day that they think that it's enabling an addict and that an addict should die. If they overdose, they say good riddance. We don't need them on here. And it's actually pretty mean and hateful. That's awesome. I mean, that's right. No, that's awful. No, it's awful. Yeah, that's, I can't, wow. I They're like, that. no, you're enabling the addict. Like, how are you enabling an addict when they died and you just brought him back to life? Like, they say- I, I could see they they say they're like just like the needle exchange, you know, but yeah. but like but like Narcan, come on, get the fuck out of here, you know? I don't yeah, that. well, no, they say it about Narcan. They're like, no, they deserve to die. And so you'll see wow. me often saying, no one, just because somebody is a, a person who uses drugs doesn't deserve to die, just because they use drugs. No, they deserve treatment. They deserve help. They deserve a chance. I, I heard I heard an interesting comment uh, the other day, and she said. Um, somebody up there at epic but but she said that the worst thing about addiction is that people are get, they get punished because they went through some kind of trauma so now they get punished for it because that's what got them into it you know yeah well and, some people i mean there's yeah. plenty of people i mean i went through my own traumas and i i didn't i personally didn't use because of like trauma trauma uh-huh. but then but then the more i used and the harder the drugs and the harder mm-hmm. i partied the more trauma that started happening and then it just became this open cycle because there's a woman who uses hard drugs out on the streets like there's mm-hmm. a lot of trauma that comes along with it and to men <laughs> you know but but more so women what you get you know it's it's an ugly world out there yeah um next question how many um how many years sober do you have um i just I know got years. four years so you're I, right ahead of, you're right ahead yeah, of me good i just had july 30th of 2017 is my recovery date um yeah and i i I personally work a program of abstinence i believe in all pathways to recovery Mm -hmm. but for me and the life i live and and all the different attempts (laughs) i've had and failed attempts of 10 years of trying to get sober off a 25 year Mm -hmm. addiction 
abstinence is what works for me. So I have to, Yeah. you know, I can't yeah. drink because I'm an alcoholic of the worst type. I'm the type of alcoholic that I get a little bit of buzz. I get a little tiny buzz you after a drink. And I'm like, mm, let's, I have a really great bad idea because mess starts sounding really, really good. A really great bad idea. I love yeah. that saying. Really, oh, so really cool. great bad idea. I end up on a, you know, two, three, four year meth bender. Mm-hmm. And I'm the kind of addict who doesn't know, you know, I was never strong enough to quit on my own. I have to go to jail, yeah. period. Like, I can't go to rehab. I don't, I'm not strong enough to say, oh, this is it. I want to stop. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I have to go to jail because I don't know how to stop. And that's how I use. I use you have to stop. <laughs> that's insanity. Like that is straight insanity. It is. Um, well, and that's my my disease is insane. Yeah. So speaking of what, when it comes to like how long? Actually, how long Bam was? But Bam, it's what was it that made you want to do something like that? I mean, obviously recovery, but I mean, did you ever think it would be as big as it is now? No. And mm-hmm. you know, when I was out there using. There was a big, big part of my story is how a bunch of girls and I, you know, there was like three of us and we'd be driving around in a stolen car in some or whatever. And we'd be out scheming and trying to figure out how we were going to make our money for the day to supply our habits. And we would just sit and cry and we would cry with each other as we would light up our foil. Really? Right. And but what we were crying about is we were all moms and we were mothers who had children and they were at they were at our parents houses or they were somewhere else and we're like what are we doing why are we sitting here why can't we go home why are we choose I mean we had the conversation but I didn't know how to get better I didn't know that there were these programs I mean I didn't know that I could easily get on Medicaid and that there was programs I could go into oh, and yeah. take my kids and I, my thought was what I thought I had to do is my brain and my knowledge at the time was go to a homeless shelter to try to get, you know, housing first, homeless shelter, which are dangerous, filled with drugs everywhere and try to get on housing so you can get free section eight so you can live off the system. And that's what I thought was what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that for a while. Well, and I didn't, and and I didn't want to do that. And then, and I tried and I tried and I tried. And so when I had gotten clean, my first attempt was in 2015. I found a group. It was called YPR. Mm. And I started going in and doing groups and facilities and going and sharing my story. And I was like, holy cow, this is kind of cool. Yeah. I had a really crazy relapse, lasted, gosh, a year and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was in jail and I had my spiritual awakening, because that, you know, is what I had to have, what anybody has to have to, to really get. You got to. You to got be to. relieved yep. of the, and delivered from the obsession of the mind. Um I wanted to help people because I was like, holy cow, dude, there's, especially in Utah, I was like, there's resources, there's tons of programs, there's tons of, but you got funding, there's tons all, of this. All you got to do is just stand up, they're out there, you know, get a list, you know, and there's so many people that, like, you ask them, hey, man, why don't you get up the streets or whatever, and they're like, well, we don't know how, I'm like, well, go here, you know, and it's just, they don't, they, they don't want to get sober, you know, like, you, you well, can't get sober. Hard. Yeah, it is hard, and, and it took me a few times, you know. And it's, uh, you know, I have three, I have three years coming on next month, and I still look back, and, and, I, and I, I do not know how I did it. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. telling you. So, well, and so 
I'm finally, you know, we host a weekly recovery, all support, mm-hmm. you know, all pathways to recovery group every Thursday. I've been doing the mm-hmm. same meeting, same time for like three years now. And I finally, it was really weird as I was hitting that four year mark. I finally feel like I'm okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm here and this is really? my new life and I am in my skin and, and this is the world I live today. But you know, because we're addicts, we want what we want, we want it now, and mm-hmm. it's it took me four years to get here, it sure. took me four years to finally be like, I'm okay with my life, I mean, I liked it, dude, at six months, it was great, sure, at six months, anything is better than um, <laughs> living yeah. homeless out there, do, you know, survival skills to get high, yeah, and a year and a half came by, and the two years went by, and things are starting to fall into place. And it was like, mm-hmm. holy cow, dude, I got two years and I didn't look back. And now I've gone through breakups, I've gone through tragedy, I've gone mm-hmm. through, I've gone through not death of a family member, immediate close family member, but I've gone through very close deaths. I've gone through, you know, breakups. I've gone through loss of job, not loss. Well, I mean, I haven't gotten fired, but all <laughs> those things that people go back to have reoccurrence of uses for I've gone through and I've stayed sober. So it's like, I'm finally set. Like, this is my life. This is who I am. I'm not, I'm not worried. That's anymore. so cool. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Good. That's all. How long, no, how long did it take you to find, like to get to that point? Um, I mean, I finally, I've always felt good. Every, every milestone I hit, you know, three months, uh-huh. six months, nine months, a year, 18 months, two years, three years, every single one I've had, I've, I've felt good. Mm-hmm. This was the first time this summer when I was approaching my four years was the first time that I was like, dude, I, I did it. Like I'm good. Yeah. I don't have, you know, all, but it was year. I mean, years, I I've got 20 something years of using actively mm-hmm. using yeah. and I got four years of not using. So it's like, it takes time. It takes time to heal. Yeah. God, it's a crazy world we but live in. But I've been happy the whole time. Like, I've had beautiful, beautiful memories and beautiful things have happened. And mm-hmm. I'm a helper by nature. You know, me using, I want to be the biggest dealer out there so all my friends can get high for cheaper for free. Yep. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I don't want to do it for money. So, I mean, I'm a helper. I'm just a helper by nature. And so I found a way to use my what I'm good at and help people who were lost like I was. That's awesome. Now, yeah. do you do you actually get out there and like see the homeless, you know, one-on-one? Oh, yeah. No, I'm boots on the ground. I'm out there three, four times a week. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's incredible. Yeah. We don't broadcast too much of it. I mean, sometimes when we have big things, really big events that we do that we want mm-hmm. to, to invite a, pop, a, a crowd to and things that mm-hmm. are appropriate to invite the big crowds to we'll post about it but Mm -hmm. my personal belief is homeless people are people at the very bottom of their barrel of course they're at the very very bottom whether it take whether they're there for a week or five years or 20 years they're at the lowest of their low i mean they're homeless living on the streets with no showers half of them are crazy and talking to themselves that's not something to broadcast. It's not something you go show people and say, "Hey, look at this guy. Look at look who I'm helping. I'm helping this guy who's like I hate that like, guy. I hate that guy." <laughs> yeah, well, no. Well, yeah. And 
that's not what the job is here for. You know, you're with a, a lot of people who are out there fleeing from domestic violence. A lot of people out there have a lot of trauma. They're running away from people. Maybe they don't want their family to know that's where they are and this is what they've become. Yeah, so we keep a lot of the work that we are out there doing quiet because it's not people's business. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we're out there. I mean, I'm out there searching for the tent cities all the time, looking for people, trying to find them. Do they move the tent cities? Here they do. Here, How do they do that? Like, it, I don't know why they do it, but it's terrible. I mean, it used to be, you know, Pioneer yeah. Park was the spot. Yeah. And everybody was there and everybody was in one section. It was really easy to, to help and service them because they were right by where the resources are. And then they shut yeah. down the road home and we moved them to the library and then they got kicked out from there. And now they're dispersed all over. And the mayor doesn't, she's trying to end homelessness. And so they just take bulldozers and come with the health department and they go scoop up all their stuff, throw it in the garbage and tell them, figure their stuff out. Really? Yeah. No. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Wow. I didn't know that about her. Oh, yeah. no, it's terrible. I've heard yeah. bad things, but I hadn't heard that. Nope. Yeah. They go with bulldozers. It's pretty sad. Everybody's bulldozers. stuff. Like, come I on. Mean, really dramatic. Oh, you know? yeah. I'll send you some pictures. You'll be like, dude, is please, that do. please do. Please well, do. Please do. I'll put it up on our, our Twitter. You know, like I've got a couple right now that they're, they were at work. We're working really hard to help them. Both of them are at work. Mm-hmm. And they came back and all their stuff was bulldozed. And so now I can't keep buying them tents because they're expensive and they're sleeping in a park and it's getting cold now underneath the tarp. It's getting close to that time. You're right. Yeah. Under, yeah. In a tarp, under a tarp. And I'm like, dude, yeah. I can't buy every two weeks an $80 tent. I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. You know, so everything. They're fine. not cheap. They're not cheap at all anymore. Well, they're not, you know, and it's, they're not. It just it just breaks my heart, you know, because I've been in and out of there, and you know, I've you know I've done everything, you know. My drug of choice was, you know, whatever got me high, you know, it was heroin, meth, crack, coke. You, I mean, you name it, you know. And I think we've all been there. And um, I just look at back my life, and and I think like, what what got me to this point? Drugs. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And now I'm seeing things more clearly. My brain is still a little fried from the drugs, but you know, it's getting better. We'll say that. Yeah. It, it is getting better, but um, it's just, it's been a long ride, ride for me, and it's just, uh, you know, I'm happy where I'm at, and uh, I think there's a lot of big things going on here, you know. Um, yeah. I love what you guys are doing, and, you know, what we're doing with the podcast, and, you know, we're all, like, we're all together, you know. Yeah. And I just, I, well, you know, like, everybody, this is, like, a, like a, it's kind of like a speaker meeting, but it's more of a Q&A, you know. Sure. But I started doing this because of, because of COVID. I wanted to do something and COVID kind of fell in my lap, and I was like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. But, well, there's not enough recovery. I mean, there, never there's be enough. not enough podcasts. There could never be too many. There can never be too many hamburger joints, right? So there can never oh, yeah. be too many ways of helping people, mm-hmm. you know, and keeping them entertained and helping people not sit at home and be bored. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Next question. Are you on Twitter? No, I, I do have a, a Twitter, but I know I, I I get so stuck on social media. Yeah, well, when you get that many people following you on um on your on your band page, huh? You have so many people that are following your page. I you know, know. that's that's enough. <laughs> yeah, well, and I need like I I I should do it. I need somebody who's a social like 
I should have a Twitter person and an Instagram person because yeah. I can't even keep up on our Instagram because it's it's too much. I can't see Instagram we don't use because we're mainly, you know, the audio for a podcast. So yeah. for me, it's just easy. Like once I, I kind of have a little agreement with Spotify, um, you know, we, we sponsor them and um, I'm sorry, they sponsor us and, you know, we have access to all their music for free and it's it's a good little gig we got. Yeah. And um, because of that, once it hits on Spotify, it hits on Apple, Google, Breaker, CastBox, like instantly, like within like a minute or two, everybody has it posted. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So, and, um, you know, we're, we're small, but we're growing. You know, we're just we're trying to find our place and find our way in the community. And I just I want to be involved and I want to, you know, whoever else is out there just listening like, hey, there's a there's a place for everybody here. <laughs> Every yes, everybody. Yes, and, and, you know, and. I know that fear because I faced that fear when I got sober, you know, and it's, it's a nasty fear you get, you know, you, cause you've been out of like work and everything for so long. And then you become this, I'm not gonna say piece of shit, but you get in like a lifestyle that um, it's comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they give you everything. They have the donuts and coffee every morning. Like, come on, I don't even have donuts and coffee at my place every morning, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot of, um, the resources are there and, and every year they have more and more. Yeah. And uh, I just. Well, and we need them. You know, we, the we do. are definitely necessary. Everybody mm-hmm. recovers and he- heals in their own way. Some mm-hmm. people's mental health issues are a lot worse than others. You yeah. know, like today we were out and we went to a new park that I've never been to. And uh-huh. somebody was telling us to do that. And we went and everybody there it was like they all had mental health issues it was like talking to a bunch of four-year-old drunk four drunk four-year-olds where was this it was over by the men's resource center by oxbow jail and i mean oh it's all over there it was all over there and it was just a really interesting piece because it just was interesting you know like I could watch them all day. It opened my eyes for me. Guys that are downtown who are off North Temple, who are mm-hmm. all going to work or who are hustling or, or you mm-hmm. know, whatever they are. It was a totally different experience with these guys than it was these guys. Like, And I don't know what the, why it was like that in this particular park, but maybe it's because they were using the, mm-hmm. the shelters and weren't choosing. It, it just was interesting. You wow. know, the, Saturday, or what's today? Today, what's today? Today's Friday. Friday, yeah. Wednesday, we were out and we found a little, a whole little neighborhood of like tents that have tarps and everything, and it was like this cute little block. Yeah. Of shacks, and they were all older and just tweaking out on all these machines that they go out and they get. It's it's when people it's when people start doing dumb shit like thinking like the police are following them, and you had had a buddy to hang out with and. And um, Leo always thought like somebody ran him in a car was watching him. And there was oh, this yeah, part beamed up. There was a t- part BMW right by Temple Square. Yeah. And um, he got this big old like stick thing and he just started beating up the car and everything because oh, he said they were following him and everything and there's nobody in the car. Oh, yeah. Well, that's real for them. Yeah. You know. It, so I think, I think like as long as people aren't causing trouble, like I live over by Trolley Square. Yeah, and, and over there's here, almost over there. It used to be anyway. Yeah, there's they're they're here, but actually, it's 
I don't really have a problem with any of them, and I like to help them in any way I can. They're always flying a sign right down the way by Smiths. Yeah. You know, and there's always, I mean, they're everywhere out here, you know, and so I like to, you know, just get out there and, and, and talk to them and say, you know, I'm not going to give you money for dope, but what else can we do for you? Yeah. You know, would you need socks? What do you need? You name it, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I think it's just, it comes to a point where, you know, I know a lot of people who say that they will not give people money, um, mm-hmm. that they just want to give them the resources. And then I have a very small group of friends, all different. Oh, shit, dude. It just hung up. Damn it. I mean, it didn't hang up. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. And, uh. They are like, dude, I give a guy 10 bucks and if he goes and buys dope with it, that's not my deal. Like that's my blessing is I get to give them something. So he's going to get his dope no matter what. Yeah. Well, and it's the ones who don't care. They're, they're, they're aware of what's going to happen. And it's, it's a really interesting conversation when you hear it go back and forth when someone says, you know, you're wrong for doing that. And they're like, no, dude, it's not my business. It's -hmm. interesting. I don't, I prefer to provide a sack lunch and hygiene kits and wound care stuff and, and things that they need, um, just because I, they need them also. Yep. Every once in a while we'll do a care pack and we'll put like two or three bucks in there, but that's not, that's not often. Yeah, but two or three bucks, I mean, I know back in the day, like two, three bucks, that meant something to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Even if, even if I had no money in my pocket, you know, it would just that was kind of what started my day, yeah. you know. But um, God, it's 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 just it's insanity, you know. Like I yeah. I, tr- I tried the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, you know, and that doesn't work. Right. Well, um, that is the insanity. Yep. And uh, one more thing that that I forgot to get in. You were talking about like, um, you know, Utah and how beautiful it is here. And when I got into drug court, um, I had a teacher named Miss Frank. And she told us on the first day of class, the great thing about drug court is that when you're done with drug court, you can leave and go anywhere in the country, anywhere, anywhere in the world, really. And, and I was the only one in the class that said, I'm, I came here to succeed. I'm not leaving Utah. And I was like one of the only ones that said that. I'm like, why would I leave here? I have the mountains. I have, there's lakes. Like I can do everything out here. You can sky, you can skydive. You get all the good music here too. Like the jazz, like it's nonstop. There's so much like good, healthy stuff for people like us to do. Yeah. And, you know, we just got to get that message, you know, across. Utah is a beautiful country. I love it. It's different. Yeah. But we do have, we are lucky that they're, I mean, we used to have seasons, right? Now it's Uh just like bipolar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um, But we, we do, we're lucky. We do have beautiful mountains. You have beautiful St. George. You have lakes, reservoirs everywhere. You can... Sometimes we have snow. <laughs> Every once in a while, snow hits us now. <laughs> yeah, God, last year was insanity. Yeah, I don't. I think last year wasn't so bad. Yeah, you no, know, it was insanity. I mean, like it was, it was warm. Yeah, and the and, year before, I think twenty seventeen or sixteen. I can't remember which. I, I think it was twenty sixteen. Was like uh-huh. the last really cold winter we had. I remember it. I was that homeless. was bad. That was oh, really terrible. Bad. Homeless with my backpacks trudging through snow and suitcases and, and once your feet get wet you're hit oh it's over God, it's over it's terrible it's over once they get in your feet oh dude squatting and how it was terrible oh man yeah i'm just you know every morning i wake up real grateful for my bed 
I love how you do that on Facebook. It's kind of like a reminder, you know, hey, guys, what are five things that you're grateful for? Yeah. I think I, I love um, gratitude and it's so That's crucial. That's what keeps me sober. It's recovery. Well, it you is. Know. You know, we spent years being miserable and wanting to die and hating the world. And there was yeah. nothing good in the world because of the darkness we are surrounded by. And I don't go one day without finding i mean i'm very optimistic sure and um and that's what recovery brought to me was optimism because i wasn't that way and Mm -hmm. i started teaching myself like i gotta find the good in everything i gotta find the good in a breakup i gotta find the good in a death i've got to find the good in, in whatever it is because that darkness consumes you and without yes. the substance, it's great because the substance creates the darkness inside you, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. now I'm living in a world of cl- a clean world, a clear with a clear mind. And if I allow the darkness in, it, I go right back to where I was. Yeah. Um, I don't ever want to be that way again. Do you know a lot about Al-Anon? Um, I was an Alateen kid. So mm-hmm. I grew up in yeah, they call it Alateen. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, so I, I was, yeah, so I, Al-Anon was a big part of me growing up, but um, my dad's 30, I think he just got 32 years this year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so he's an old timer now. Oh, but, yeah. Um, he was really in the rooms, and so I did Alateen. I went to all the groups. I went to all the camps. I did, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, you're good. My mom does Al-Anon. My kid's dad did Al-Anon for a little while. Mm-hmm. My, I was asking because my mother, she she started going like right when I got kind of out with my addiction. Um, uh-huh. And I mean, that was maybe eight, nine years she's been going for, maybe even 10. I, I don't know. I got to ask her. But I think like without Al-Anon, I don't believe that I would be where I am today because my mother with Al-Anon mm-hmm. and, and her learning not to enable me and, yeah. and you know, like... It, it gets to a point where, like, my family's like, we can't be around you. You know, you're you're telling us you're sober when you're not, and this and that. You know, and it's just, it's just, it's all bad. Yeah. You know, but um, I got great great relationships with them. I haven't seen my family in eight in eight years, uh-huh. and they came in and they came out a couple weeks ago. We had so much fun. That's rad. That's, yeah. Those are blessings. Like my family grew up. Half the reason I used was I had such a dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. And there was just, it was dysfunction. Very yeah. New York, very loud, a lot of fighting at the dinner table. I, I figured just, you were from that way. Yeah. yeah. Are you Italian? So, huh? Are you Italian? I'm not Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know what I am, honestly. I just did my ancestry D- DNA. So yeah, that's so cool. I'll let you know what I, what I really am. <laughs> but my mother was born in Denmark. My dad is a total New York City mutt. um there's everything in me so i'm excited to see that actually but today and i think this is where my clarity and my real peace finally came not clarity but my peace is like my dad and i have had a lot of trauma from with one another you know Uh we both needed to heal from me and my behaviors and how i acted as a kid and as an adolescent and adult and how he treated me from childhood to whatever um and we're finally at the part where we've both healed fully. He trusts me. I can hold his wallet and he, I could go take his wallet, go to the store, have his credit card. He'd trust me to spend money on his card and wow. bring it all back with his huge stack of cash that he may or may not have, 
you know, because dads have stacks, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and I think I find, I think that might be where my, like, it's finally there because we've had such, it's been, it's been hard for us to heal. And now yeah. we have dinner, you know, holiday dinners at the table and we oh, laugh. It's great. It's oh, so much fun. Like it's so laugh. much fun. It's nobody storming out of the house, leaving because somebody's mad at what somebody's My mom's said. family. <laughs> Pushing buttons. Oh, yeah. Well, no. I mean, it used to be terrible and, and really just unhealthy, dysfunctional. Nobody wanted to come for holiday dinners. And half that was my fault. You know, I, oh, I yeah. created a lot of the chaos and the hate. And now my dad and I, we call each other and we laugh and <laughs> we do silly things. And That's awesome. It's, it's beautiful. So another thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is when when it comes to holidays, is there is there places or things that you know the people that are out there sick and suffering can go to? Absolutely, in Utah there is. Yeah, everybody loves to help the homeless. Every, mm. I mean, there is definitely resources for those who want them. I think all the homeless shelters do big dinners. People mm-hmm. come and put things on. I mean, during COVID, it got a little more complicated. Sure. But like here in Utah, we do this every October. They have the homeless convention. Mm-hmm. And it's where like a bunch of people come and put resources out. Wait, hold on. What, when, when is that again? I've heard of it. It's in October. It's at the Gallivan Center. And it's right I, near, right near Yeah, it's at the Gallivan Center. And I remember... um hearing this lady and this was back in 2014 i'm sorry i'm sorry before i forget um when is it it's it's in october okay sometime in october i'll be i'll post about it because we'll go volunteer there yeah i Um, I would i we would love to do something like that oh yeah you should you definitely should because they have all the homeless come they get haircuts they get resources there's beds for detox there's but shelter beds will be available but I remember hearing this woman say once, she was like, um, if you're in Salt Lake and you're hungry, that's your pro that's your problem. What? And, well, yeah. And I was like, what is she talking about? And so I started to observe and I this is when I had just started getting into homelessness and and feeding, you know, feeding those in need. And I realized every time we go out, I mean, listen, you're supposed to eat three times a day, right? Yes. And that's every single day. So the amount of people that are out serving food, it's not enough, but mm-hmm. it's crazy because sometimes I'll be like, well, they had food twice this week. They should be fine thinking, oh, they're on meth. They don't need to eat that much anyway, but that's not true. People still need to eat. So, but there's so many places, there's food boxes, places everywhere. There's mm-hmm. free food all over the place. Everywhere. There, I mean, there's so many groups that are out there bringing food to those in need. Love and it. so if you're hungry by choice mm-hmm. here, I mean, you're going you get fed, you know, all the shelters have places right, right around them that are feeding you three times a day. Mm-hmm. It, 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 there's, there is a resource for sure for it. If you want it. Yeah. That, that's what it comes down to. Do they want it? Well, you know, and, if if... You're, and if you go by where the resources are, if you're, far away then then that's different and it's also different in other state other other counties but salt lake city which is where a lot of the homeless come to and if you yeah. go where the resources are there's food there are people there's there's enough there's whatever you want i mean they have every everything they do 
is something that can help you get, get out, you know, yeah. like there's, they'll help you find a way. Like we all get to that point, like, what are we going to do? You know, like, what do we got to get rid of in our past and start doing moving forward? You right. know, that's kind of like, it's like that big, it's the big judgment day, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's either, uh, you know, you go with the winners or you stay doing what you've been doing. Yeah. Um, because in, in recovery, I mean, every day's a win and that's all. Right. If we're, not, if we're not doing enough winning, you're, we're probably not doing enough in the community, you know, but winning yeah. is, is what it's all about. I just, I think there's so many wonderful, intelligent people out there and, you know, you don't want to enable them and it's, it's a really fine line, you know, um, yeah. you, you want to feed them, but then I don't, I don't know, like it's giving them free food, but I don't know, a sandwich is different. It's not like they're coming out with the prime rib, you know? Yeah, well, and everybody deserves to eat, whether you're homeless or not. I mean, I'll, I'll have that fight all day long. Just, you know, it's a mental illness. Like, people wouldn't be out there living on the streets, suffering the way they were if they were clear-headed. Yep. You know, I've people seen are it out all. there surviving and doing what they need to do. And whether whether the choice, whether it's their choice to use or not, mm-hmm. they're not in a clear head. And, you know, just because they're homeless doesn't mean they don't deserve to eat. Yeah. And, just because somebody's homeless doesn't mean that they don't deserve a shower. Yes. You know, and there's a lot of people that disagree with that. And trust me, I've had <laughs> some conversations with people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough, you know, and I just, I pray for the people all the time. And, yeah. You know, I met, I met some really good people when I was, I was at a Valley Epic. Yeah. I love that. I met some, it, oh, they're great. And, um, I just, that place is what, what got me sober, that we had structure, we, you know, it was, it was different, but we kind of followed the same schedule and uh, you, you got to get up at seven in the morning and, you know, it's just without that, like, I mean, that gave me all the tools to succeed. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm just you know, grateful for the opportunity I had to, you know, be in that program. Yeah, that's but, awesome. Uh, that's awesome. I can't wait till the COVID's over because we used to go on and do groups there and it was great. Did you guys do? I remember. The, I think I've seen you at like the YPR at at Valley in yeah. the gym. Yeah, yeah. We've seen. I saw a couple. Yeah, I've seen a bunch. But um, anyway, did you, that was fun. Yeah, I know you're getting tired, so I was gonna let you run. Yeah, no, I'm beat. It was but, a long, long, long day for me. <laughs> it my day started at five thirty a.m. Um, uh-huh. and so I'm I'm wiped out for sure. Well, I'm too sad Andrew didn't come back on. I would have loved to I don't know. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm going to go find him because he was going to the store to get us some sodas and he never came back. Yeah. So, <laughs> Andrew. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't take him anywhere with me, you know? <laughs> He's, Andrew's such a great guy, though. He is. He's the best. Thank you so much for having me on here. I appreciate it. You're let's so do awesome. It. Love what let's, do, let's do it again soon. Yes, absolutely. And uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll send you that. So, uh, let's put the link up on your Facebook page too. Yeah, sure. And, uh, so, but I enjoyed it. Thank you. We all love you, and you know, keep doing love what you're doing. Yes. Keep doing what you're doing. It's really inspiring people. Thank like, you. So, but uh, we'll be we'll be in touch, and awesome. I'll see you next Have time. Bye bye. Bye.